All right, we'll, we'll get rolling here. Oh, let's see. We left off in uh, <clears throat> in really Revelation uh, nineteen. I, I sped up a little bit. We we got part of of twenty there, but let's back up just a little bit here. Oh, remember we? You know, I like to say that you know that uh, for my sake, you know, if it helps me remember some things, we always think sometimes the only thing people can remember from the Book of Revelation is the six six six. Well. We got a 777 in here. There were seven what? Seals, seven trumpets, and seven last plagues. And that's it. That's it. It is all going to wrap up. Oh, some people think it's just uh, where's the promise of his coming? He's not coming back. Nah, he's long suffering. He's going to come back. That's the beauty of the Bible. As you read it, treat it as history. It's so, it's so amazing to hear <clears throat> when I hear. Some other ministers talking, they say the same thing, which is, it is, it's history. That's, that separates ours from mythology. It separates it from being just an inspirational book. We are inspired by it, but it's history. It means a lot because it's like, ooh, this happened. And uh, really excited about pulling some things together that we got here. So anyway, so something happened here at the end of 18. Let's, let's check this out uh, uh, remember, there was a, after this is old Babylon was fallen. Another angel came down from heaven, great authority. He gave a mighty shout. So uh, people are seeing this. It's not hard to go. It's either Jesus or the devil. I mean, it's going to just be cut and dry. And like I say, the stage has been set right now. There's so much. Uh, you know, we talk about what is it that that, that gang MS13 and stuff like that, and it's just demon worship type stuff. It's just it's just it's just common. Like down to even back when in the 70s when they came out with the exorcist and stuff. They made that look like maybe give Jesus just a little credit, but it was all about the devil. Read the devils as they, uh, read about the devils as they approach Jesus. They're always on the run. What have we to do with you, son of the most high God? Are you here to torment us before the time? The time? You mean there's a time frame? Yeah, and that's what we're looking at. This is what's going to happen. Okay, so anyway, so Babylon had fallen, and let's see, everybody that was on earth was going, oh, no. But notice what it says in the last couple of verses of Revelation 18. Uh, her businessmen were known around the world, and she deceived all nations with her sorceries, and she was responsible for the blood of all the martyred prophets and the saints. Wow. Okay, all right, so we got all the way to... Uh, 19 here actually i think we did we did 19 already he's he's talking about uh that in heaven they're shouting because boy it's come to an end and i want to point out here he's punished the great prostitute oh my gosh the prostitution well we already know about that but that's in reference to i think it actually shows her here shows it here uh idol worship here <clears throat> anyway uh, let's see. So all in heaven are just going, they're just having a hootenanny, aren't they? Again, voices rang in heaven. Praise the Lord. Smoke from her burning ascends forever and ever. The 24 elders and the four living beasts, they fell down uh, and worshiped God, saying, Amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Because it's all wrapping up. It's all wrapping up. Okay, let me see. Uh, so we got all the way down to, uh, yeah, that's, that's actually saying that we see Jesus, he's, there's someone he's named faithful and true. We're going to see if it's Jesus. Of course it is. His eyes were as flames. His head were many, many crowns. A name was written on his forehead. Only he knew his clothes. He was clothed with garments dipped in blood. Hold it right here. What are your clothes dipped in? Are you washed in the blood? Praise God. His clothes are dipped in blood. Ours are too. Man. Listening to Billy Graham. Of course it's old sermons and whatever. I was listening to one yesterday when I was coming back and it just struck me, you know, 
that uh, when uh, Billy was talking about, you know, God forgets. I mean, he, he, you know, remember, he separates your sins as far as the east from the west. And he re- when it says he remembers them no more, he remembers them no more. We're the ones that have a hard time with that. But it's the same thing about what I like to say. Well, <laughs> what are you going to do with the resurrection? We believe the resurrection. So we do the same thing with we believe that Jesus has taken care of all our sins and all your sins future too. He just sees you dipped in blood. Praise God. All right. So his, his title was the word of God. Whoa. Wow. He's on a white horse in his mouth. He held a sharp sword to strike down the nations. Remember, all this is together. We've chopped it up ourselves in four weeks now. I mean, good, good. We've taken a month. Oh, we're really on top of it. I'm, I'm just making fun of us, but we don't mean this. But we treated John, who had this revelation, who couldn't shut up about it. We said, hey, hold on, John. Save that for next week. You know, so we won't, don't, don't do the Bible that we do it here because uh, we're doing a little, we're going through it. But I'm just saying, you would catch this all at once. All right. So on his robe and thigh was written this title, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We know who he is. And then he said, I saw a, a, an angel standing in the sunshine shouting to the, loudly to the birds. Come, I want to point out something. Remember, heaven's his throne, earth is his footstool. It ain't billions of miles away. It's just close. It's so close. When they watched Jesus ascended to heaven, they were, you know. And when Elijah was picked up by a chariot, it wasn't like, well, we need a telescope now because he's way out there, 5.6 billion miles. It's real close. I don't know if you ever got to fly. I remember the first time I got to fly. Well, I flew with my dad. But, I mean, when I got to fly commercially way up there, it's really neat to look out those windows and see the atmosphere below you, clouds and stuff, and go through maybe a few. It's almost like... Well, you'd fall through those things, but it's still, you can see what beauty that is up there. Wonder where the Lord is. All right, so anyway, he says, so he's in heaven, but he's referencing to the birds, this angel shouting loudly to the birds. Come, gather together for the supper of the great God. Come and eat the flesh of kings and captains. No, God's not playing. God owns everything. He created us all. We're in time's up. It's just like Noah's flood. Time's up. I'll give them 120 years to mend, mend their ways. He said in uh, chapter 6, Genesis chapter 6, the funny book. No, it's not even real. Yes, it is real too. Horses and riders, all humanity, both great and small, slave and free. Then I saw the evil creature. Oh, there he goes. He's gathering all the governments of the earth, their armies to fight against the one sitting on the horse and his, and his army. And the evil, look at this. Where's the fight? And the evil creature was captured. <laughs> Whoa. And with him, the false prophet, who could do mighty miracles when the evil creature was present. See how you don't need anybody to tell you anything. What's going on? You can read that yourself. A few verses. Matter of fact, from chapter 5 all the way to uh, chapter uh, 10, you've already covered all this. Anyway, real quick. Remember, one chapter didn't have but eight verses. So the evil creature, when the evil creature was present, miracles that deceived all who had accepted the evil creature's mark. That's the mark of the beast, okay? Uh, and who worship his statue, both great, small, whatever I think. I think what it says. Let's see. Yeah, but no, both them, the evil creature and his prophet, were thrown alive into the lake of fire. Richie, you don't really think there's really a lake of fire. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. It's not about me. It's just we're both looking at the Bible, and some are walking away and saying, I believe it, and some are saying, I. I do. I believe it. And their entire army was killed with a sharp sword in the mouth of the one riding on the white horse. And all birds of heaven were gorged with their flesh. 
Boy, that, that, that battle didn't last long at all. 20, then I saw an angel come down from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit and a heavy chain in his hand. He seized the dragon. Man, I tell you, the devil's just not winning anywhere. No, he's not winning. That old serpent, the devil, Satan. So the, it tells you who it is, isn't it? And bound him in chains. Look at this. Here's a time frame for a thousand years. What's going to happen? He's going to tell you. And he threw him in the bottomless pit, which he then shut and locked so that he could not fool the nations anymore. I mean, that's just like Flip Wilson says, the devil made me do it. It's going to be a different world without him around. He couldn't fool the nations anymore until the thousand years were finished. Afterward, he would be released again for a little while. So that means there's people have been born here. We're only 2,000 years from Jesus, and that's a long time. And we basically, I mean, we're stretching it, but we'll say our generation or your lifetime, you're just familiar with your own set of 100 years. This is 10 times 100, 1,000. Okay. Then I saw thrones sitting on them were those who had been given the right to judge, and I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for Jesus. Yeah, okay, beheaded for their testimony about Jesus. For proclaiming the word of God, who had not worshipped the creature, nor his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads and on their hands. That's people that, Christians, that were here. Remember, there's a vast group that got out. He already said, we're not appointed unto this. But the ones that find out and they give their life, they, I'm no, I want Jesus. They're serious. They had come to life again and now reigned with Christ for a thousand years. We're already living, praise the Lord. Remember, this only takes place in what we think a time frame of about seven years. So, you know, if it started tomorrow, it's just seven years, right? You would pass on if you were here. Your, your, your life is not, you're not got your glorified body anyway. So, anyway, you'd be in heaven. Anyway, here we go. They came to life and, uh, and again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. This is the first resurrection. The dead did not come back to life again until a thousand years had ended. Well, I wonder if that's me. No, you're part of the first resurrection. Blessed and holy are those who share the first resurrection. That's us. The second death holds no terrors, for they'll be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. That's us, buddy. Notice it says priest of God. And I want to point out, too, that when Moses, the Lord, but Moses, Moses brought the children of Israel out. God spoke to him and said, the whole purpose of this, he said, your nation is a kingdom of priests. And I was 16 when I started really reading my Bible. And so I think I was 40 years old till I started realizing that the book of it's a uh, first Peter says uh, we're a king, uh, a royal nation, a holy nation, a kingdom of priests. A song we used to sing. I thought that's where it said a kingdom of priests. No, it had said a long time ago. Now remember, a priest is what do you need a priest for if you got another priest right here? So it's not for the Jewish nation. The whole purpose of that Jewish nation was to show about Jesus to the whole world. That's the reason he got very mad at them, and we're going to see a little bit of this today. When they lost it all to Nebuchadnezzar. Matter of fact, God brought Nebuchadnezzar in there because they were worshiping idols. How bad was the worshiping of idols? Well, it was worse than anybody had ever done before, he says. They were doing their own, throw their kids to the fire. Boy, God just, really, it, it was terrible. And a lot of that stuff's going on here at the end here. They don't want anything to do with Jesus. All right, so anyway, so uh, they're going to be priests of God and are reign with him a thousand years. When the thousand years end, Satan will be let out of his prison. He'll go out to deceive the nations. Notice it didn't say go out to deceive you. Don't worry about you. 
He ain't in the bottomless pit right now. Are you worried about yourself? <laughs> You're overcoming by the blood of the Lamb, the word of your teeth. You're doing fine. Don't worry. When the thousand years end, Satan will be let out of his prison. He'll go out to deceive the nations of the world and gather them together, Gog and Magog, for a battle against, uh, for a battle of mighty hosts, numberless as the sin. Oh, wait, we already had a battle. Yeah, but here comes another one. A thousand years later. We've already read the other one. Right, here we go. They'll go up across the broad plain of the earth and surround God's people and the beloved city of Jerusalem. On every side. Look at this. It didn't say the word out of his mouth came a sword. No. This is just fire came down. Got him. Attacking the armies that consumed them. Then the devil who betrayed them will again be thrown into the lake of fire. Burning with sulfur where the creature and the false prophet are. They're already there. And they'll be tormented day and night forever. Woo. That old lake of fire, ain't it something? What happened next? And I saw a great white throne, and the one who sat upon it, from, whom, from whose face the earth and sky fled away, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, great and small, standing before God. Here it is where Jesus got sheep and the goats. When saw we you naked and hungry or in prison? When you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. That's that judgment. Here we go. What happened? And the books were opened, including the book of life. Thank God we're in the book of life. And the dead were judged according to the things in the books, each according to the deeds which he had done. God, I'm scared. I know what I did. Remember, don't worry. You should know, as a, you're supposed to, as a priest, tell other people who have given their life to Jesus or you've encouraged them to give their life to Jesus. This should be easy. Matter of fact, where are we at? Let me show you a verse. Revelation 20, we're at 20, verse uh, 12. Okay, remember that. Let's go, let's go to Hebrews just a second. Uh, this kind of makes that point. Let's see. It's chapter 6, I think. Hebrews 6. Yeah, look at that. Let us stop going over the same ground again and again. Now, I have to tell myself that. Richard, you're okay. Yeah, but man, my arm's hurting. I don't know if Jesus will help me. Richard, good grief, he healed them all. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're gonna take it. You need to get Jesus with you today. He will help my arm. I don't care if you bust your toe nearly off walking. Well, I deserve it because I was running through the kitchen, you know, and all you hear is your parents telling you, well, what'd you do? And once you tell them, well, I was on my bicycle. And I, well, don't do that again. <laughs> Just like hee-haw, you know, the doctor saying, what happened there? Well, I was doing this. Well, don't do that anymore. Okay. Stop going over the same ground again and again. Now, what, what's he saying? Always teaching those first lessons. Look, this is a lesson. It's like math. Let us go on instead into other things uh, and become mature in our understanding as strong Christians ought to be. This is, this is Hebrews 6, 1. Surely we don't need to speak further, look at this, about the foolishness of trying to be saved by being good. Man, i got to have that lesson every few minutes. Stop it, Richard. you got to realize it's by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves no man's ever going to boast. So quit trying to do it. See, I'm, I'm close to Jesus. And here I am. I'm close to Jesus, but I've got my fingers in my ear. I keep thinking, well, I'm, uh, uh, you know, don't. You've got you to stop that. Look at this. Or the necessity. Look at this. Or the necessity of faith in God. Well, you better have faith in God. You don't need further inscription about baptism and spiritual gifts and the resurrection of the dead and judgment. Yeah, all these things are, we know this. I wonder if we're going to be resurrected. Wow. Yes, we're going to get resurrected. All right. 
He said, Lord, living, Lord willing, we're going to go on to other things. All right, here we go. So let's go back to Revelation. We were at 20, right? We were at 20, long verse 10, something like that. Uh, all right, here we go. So I saw the books were open. Here we go. The ocean surrendered the bodies buried in them. I don't know if you've ever seen a sea burial, maybe in a movie or something like that. They just take that, put it in a coffin, and the sea's going to give up their dead. Whoa. The earth and the underworld gave up the dead in them. The underworld. You don't really believe that. Yeah, the Bible says it is there. Whoa. And death and hell were thrown. Oh, no, each was judged according to his deeds. And death and hell were thrown into the lake of fire. Whoa. Remember, death is the, is the last enemy. Remember, he was on a horse, too. His name was Death, and he had another rider who was Hell. Uh-oh. And if anyone's name, look at that. And if anyone's name, if anyone's name, if anyone's name, what, was not found, recorded in the book of life, he was thrown in the lake of fire. But your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Let me give you a for instance here. We'll come right back to this. Let's go to just things you catch, because all this is history. Philippians chapter 2. I think it's 4, but let me see just a second. Uh, I think it's three. Let's see. He's naming some people here. Name is, yeah, there it is right there. Went right to it. He said, help these women. He named them. We'll just call them Susie and Laura or whatever, or Myrna and Janet, whatever. They worked side by side me in telling the good news to others. And they worked with Clement. We'll say, well, that's, that's a, whatever. And the rest of my fellow workers whose names are written in the book of life. Now, Moses even negotiating with God one time because God got so mad, he wanted to just go ahead and wipe out all of Israel. And Moses said this, and well, take my name out of, the book, out of your book. There's a book. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I'll always be full of joy. Well, I guess you would if you know your name's in that book of life. Do you know it? Yeah, your name's in there. Don't worry about it. Your name is in there. All right. So uh, all these guys that were not found in the book of life were thrown into the lake of fire. Boom, boom, boom. There, there's, no, there's just two chapters left. Then I saw a new earth. Here it is. No oceans. Huh. A new sky for the present earth and sky had disappeared. And I saw John. And I, John, that's the guy writing. This is John 3.16. God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. He's one of the sons of thunder. Other things we know about John. Okay. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. Remember Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. It was a glorious sight. Beautiful as a bride at her wedding. Whoa. And I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, the home of God is now among men. And we'll live with them and they'll be his people. Yes, God himself will be among them. He'll wipe away all tears from their eyes and there'll be no more death, no sorrow, no crying, no pain. All that is gone forever. There's where that come from. And the one sitting on the front throne said, see, I am making, I think he says all things new. Oh, let's see. Yeah, all things new. And he said to me, write this down. For what I tell you is trustworthy and true. It's finished. I am the, it's Alpha and Omega. The A and the Z, the beginning and the end. I will give to the thirsty the springs of the water of life as a gift. Everyone who conquers will inherit all these blessings. And I'll be as God, he'll be my son. Look at that. But cowards who turn back from following me and those who are unfaithful to me and the corrupt murderers and immoral and those conversing with demons, idol worship, all liars, their doom is the lake that burns with fire and sulfur. This is the second death. Say, well, I've told a lie. Well, we've all sinned and come short of the glory. If you broke one, you broke them all. I never committed adultery. Well, actually, according to the scriptures, you have. If you break one commandment, you've broken them all. 
That's not what he's referring to. These people don't want anything to do with God. Then one of the seven angels who had emptied out what? Uh, the flask containing the seven last plagues said to me, Come and I'll show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. Well, that must be the church. Well, it's actually going to be a city. We're in it. And in a vision, he took me to a towering mountain peak. And from there, I watched that wondrous city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out, from the, out of the skies from God. It was filled with the glory of God and flashed and glowed as a precious gem, crystal clear as jasper. Its walls were broad and high and 12 gates guarded by 12 angels. The names of the 12 tribes of, 12 tribes, 12 tribes of Israel were written on the gates. There were three gates on each side, north, south, east, and west. The walls had 12 foundations of stones, and on them were written the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And the angel held his hand, uh, no, held in his hand a golden measuring stick to measure the city and its gates and walls. And when he measured it, he found it uh, was square as it was long, and we already know how, 1,500 miles high, 1,500 miles wide. Well, how could that be? Now, wait, wait a minute. God created the whole universe. So you got it backwards. All science can reveal right now is everything sure points to the earth. God said, let them be for signs and seasons. The, the sky, what I mean, the, well, the, the stars, the sun, moon, and all the other objects. The focus is the earth. See, the purpose of the earth, you know, is for man. What's the purpose of man? For God. He said, I'll be his father. You'll be my son. The city itself was pure, transparent gold like glass. Look at that. The wall was made of jasper. It was built on 12 layers of foundation stones inlaid with gems. The first layer with jasper. You know, the Bible says that Paul went to heaven and he saw unspeakable things. He didn't mean, well, I am not going to He just couldn't describe the beauty. The first layer with jasper, second sapphire, the third chalcedony, and the fourth emerald, sardonyx, let's see, sardis. Woo, wow. Chrysolite. The eighth was beryl, topaz, chrysoprase, whatever that's, jacinth, and uh, amethyst. Look at this, look at this. The 12 gates were made of pearls, each gate from a single pearl. Now, wait a minute. Think, just think about heaven just a moment. This is a city, okay? You've still got a new heavens and a new earth. This is a city on the earth. You've still got all the rest of the world. This is just a city. Some people think, well, I'm just going to sit in a chair, and it's going to get kind of boring after a while. No, it ain't ever really boring. Read it. Get the details. The city is fantastic. He didn't say you can't go out of the city. No temple could be seen in the city, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are worshipped in it everywhere. The city don't need a sun or a moon, for the glory of God and the Lamb. Remember, every time he, Jesus was glowing one time, and the disciples saw it. Remember, Moses was glowing one time. He came down off the mountain, and everybody <laughs> was scared of him. They thought, what's the matter with you? Woo. All right. Its light will light the nations of the earth. So nations of the earth. you got nations and cities. This is going to be some city. The rulers of the world will come and bring their glory to it. Its gates never close. They stay open all day. And there's no night. And the glory and honor of the nations shall be brought into it. Wow. What a place. Nothing, you know, nothing evil will be permitted in it. No one immoral or dishonest. But only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. We don't stop here because this is where we'll stop. End of Revelation. And he pointed out to me a river of pure water, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb, coursing down through the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew trees of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, 
with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were for, used for medicine for the healing of the nations. Wow. To heal the nations. There's nothing in the city that's evil. The throne of God and the Lamb will be there. His servants will worship Him. They'll see His face. His name shall be written on their foreheads. There'll be no night there. There's no need for lamps or sun, for the Lord God will be their light. Said the same thing just in the previous verses. They'll reign forever and ever. And the angel said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. I'm coming soon. God who tells his prophets what the future holds has sent his angel to tell you this will happen. That's what he said in Revelation chapter 1. That's what I'm saying. If we read this real quick, we'd have seen it all together. Blessed are those who believe and all else written. Excuse me. Blessed are those who believe it and all else written in the scroll. Well, Lord, I'm just going to take a chance. I believe this. Well, all right. Watch for your blessing. I, John, saw and heard all these things. You know, he says that same statement in third, in first, uh, yeah, first John. You've got the gospel, John, way up at the front in the New Testament. And then toward the end, you have first, second, and third John. In first John, he says, man, we saw him. We touched him. Okay. I saw and heard these things, and I fell down to worship the angel <laughs> who showed him to me. I want you to see, whoa, 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 look how, whoa, you just like, we don't, no, we don't, we don't do this. It's not bad protocol as, as much as it is, you'll have no other gods before me. There's no other God. And he actually says, look, I'm an angel, man, I'm a servant just like you. No, don't do anything like that. I too am a servant of Jesus as you are and as your brothers, the prophets. Woo, wow. As well as those who uh, heed the, excuse me, as well as those who heed the truth stated in this book, worship God alone. Then he instructed me, uh, don't seal up what you have written, for the time of fulfillment is near. This was 2,000 years ago. Boy, I think it's fixing to wrap up, but doesn't matter what I say, we're just going to believe it. And when that time comes, all doing wrong, we'll do it no more, no, we'll do it more and more, kind of like what we see now. I mean, can you imagine, do you see the corruption going on in the United States? But now also see people, good people, fighting to get in office, too, to stop this corruption. I see people not putting up with school board stuff and whatever, and I see good people that when they get missed, you do it. You don't think you got a gift. When you go through the line and they didn't charge you for something, you, <laughs> you go, hey, you didn't charge me for my milk here. You know, I mean, uh, There's people like that everywhere. Not like this. But there are a bunch of them doing it. But anyway, those who are holy will continue on in greater holiness. Just like I said, see, I'm coming soon and my reward is with me. Well, we hear that verse a lot. I'm coming soon. Uh, and, and to repay everyone according to the deeds which he's done. I am the A and the Z, the beginning and the end. Alpha and Omega, that's what that is. Blessed, are those, blessed forever are all those who are washing their robes. That's us. And have the right to enter in through the gates of the city and to eat the fruit of the tree of life. Boy, we're back to the tree of life. We started at the tree of life in Genesis chapter 2, and here we are. We got back to it. Outside the city are those who have strayed away from God, sorcerers, the immoral, murderers, idolaters, all who love to lie and do so. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to tell the churches all these things. I am David's root and his descendant. I am the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, Come. Oh, let let each one who hears them say the same, come, let everyone's thirsty, anyone who wants to, let him come and drink the water of life without charge. Praise God. And I solemnly declare to everyone who reads this book, if anyone adds to it, I'm not going after some other book. I had somebody this week say, oh, I got a great book for you. I thought, I don't need any. I got Revelation. Oh, don't you need to? No. 
I read it. It couldn't have been more specific telling me, don't read anything about this, just read this. I solemnly declare to everyone who reads this book, if anyone adds to anything that's written here, God will add to him the, the place described in this book. Well, I don't think I want that. And if anyone subtracts any part of these prophecies, God will take away his share in the tree of life in the holy city just described. He who has said these things declares, yes, I am. Let me scroll down. Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Boom. Let me show you something. Jump to Ezekiel just a second. So where are you going? Just want to show you something. Ezekiel uh, chapter 1. Yeah, this is, I'm going to just, well, let's read it. Ezekiel 1. Ezekiel was a priest. Well, we can already relate because God's made us priests too, okay? The son of Buzai or whatever, who lived with the Jewish exiles beside the Shabar or Kabar, whatever, canal in Babylon. Oh, Babylon, thou hast fallen. Yeah. This is Nebuchadnezzar's home territory. He has just wiped out Israel. He's installed a backup king in Israel. Sort of like, we'll let you stay in business a little while. And Israel went down the tubes even worse. This is the time frame for this right here. You can't, you've got to look at it through what's going on. Don't sit there and just preach this to yourself and say, well, I guess I'm. No, you're, you don't even apply. You don't even apply. We say, why is it here? It's history. Amazing stuff. I, mm, all right, I want to show you a couple things. So one day in June, I was 30 years old. The heavens opened to me, and I saw in a vision. I saw in a vision a great storm. Now look what he sees. See if it sounds like you've seen in the book of Revelation. Yeah. A great storm was coming to me from the north, driving before it a huge cloud glowing with fire and a mass of fire inside that flashed continually. In the fire, there was something that shone like polished brass. Then from the center of the cloud, four strange forms. Four living beings. Hmm. That looked like men. Oh, but wait a minute. They each had four faces, two pair of wings. Their legs were like men, but their feet were cloven like calves' feet, and they shone like burnished brass. Beneath each wings, I could see human hands. The four living beings, look at that. They were joined wing to wing as they flew straight forward without turning. I don't know if you've heard much about Ezekiel. Most people say, yeah, a wheel within a wheel. Well, you've never read it. That's just, a, that's just a buzzword people say are talking points about Ezekiel. Oh, Ezekiel went down. <laughs> read the book. <laughs> he just wanted to ride that, whatever. Great little song, but this is where he got that from. So anyway, the, a lion's face, hey, wow. And then it was a face of an ox. Oh, and tell me, an eagle. Yeah, mm-hmm. Same one we saw in the book of Revelation. Each had a pair of wings spreading out from the middle of his back. One pair stretched out to attach the wings. Of the... Anyway, he goes on about this. Okay, now, uh, I want to skip down here just to notice this. Look at this. The sky is crystal. Yeah, yep. Voice of God. Okay, all this kind of cool stuff. All right, anyway, let's see. Somebody's speaking to me yet. He fell to the ground. He, he's apparently, he says, from the waist up, he was all glowing bronze, dazzling like fire from his waist. This is the Lord. He said he was speaking to me, colon. But look at that. How can you stop on a colon? That's because it's all to help us, just in case I need to go somewhere quickly. So you go, and he said to me, stand up, son of dust, and I'll talk to you. And the Spirit entered me, and he spoke to me and set me on my feet. Son of dust, I'm sending you to the nation of Israel. He says, I'm sending you to the world, to all the Christians who are backslid. And if you're backslid, you know it. You know it. This is not you. 
I mean, you would not, I'm fixing to tell you what this place was doing. Oh my gosh. Anyway, I'm sending you to the nation of Israel, a nation rebelling against me. And at this point, half of them, well, they'd already been conquered and taken it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel already removed. And they, their fathers, have kept on sinning against me until this very hour. They're very hard-hearted, stiff-necked, and I'm sending you to give them uh, these messages. Uh, whether they listen or not, they're rebels for their rebels, but at least they'll know I've had a prophet among them. Don't be frightened by these guys. Same thing he told Jeremiah. Even though they th their threats are sharp and barbed, sting like scorpions, don't be dismayed by their dark scrowls, for remember, they're rebels. You must give them my messages whether they listen or not, but they won't, for they're utterly rebels. Okay, all right. Now, and notice he says there, open your mouth, it's a scroll, it's going to taste like honey. Same thing we saw in Revelation. All right, now I'm going to jump ahead. So, uh, watch what he does. Then late in August, in the sixth year of King Jehoiakim's captivity, oh, now I know where I am. This is about... 20 kings down from David. You can read that in the book of King, 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles. You'll, you'll hear about this guy. You'll also hear that Nebuchadnezzar wiped out his brother and he stuck him in charge. As I was talking to the elders of Judah in my home, the power of the Lord fell upon me. What I saw appeared to be a man from his waist down. He was made of fire from his waist up. He was all amber in color. Just, I mean, you just read this and go, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the Lord. Yeah. Who cares? We're going to keep reading. Who cares? He put what seemed to be in my hand. No, he, he put out what seemed to be a hand, took me by the hair. Okay. The spirit lifted me up in the sky and seemed to transport me to Jerusalem. Now, wait a minute. Oh, 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 oh. oh, I thought this is a Christian thing. He's already, he's a priest. He's already. No, you weren't listening. I know we are, but I'm just saying. The first chapter said, where was he? He was in Babylon, 600 miles away. Thousand. What, I don't know what the distance is. And remember, he's saying, I got to give you to give these messages to these guys. Real important. When you get this, you can pretty much well apply it to yourself in a lot of areas. But, but you got to get this first. So anyway, he took him to Jerusalem, the entrance of the north gate, where a large idol was that had made the Lord so angry. I mean, that's why Nebuchadnezzar came. Oh, my goodness. Why would you? Anyway, that's, that's, that's just a part of it. Suddenly, the glory of God of Israel was there, just as I'd seen in the valley. He said, son of, son of dust, look to the north. So I looked, and sure enough, the north altar gate, at the north altar gate, at the altar gate, stood the idol. He said, son of dust, do you see what they're doing? See, sometimes you read and you hear about the, well, God sure was angry with Pharaoh. <laughs> Didn't you read chapter 1? Pharaoh was throwing all those kids to the Nile. Good grief. And he said, son of dust, do you see what they're doing? Do you see the, what great sins the people of Israel are doing here to push me from, the, from my temple? Yeah, think about that. Wouldn't it be terrible to have equal time in here? Let's say the government came in here and Richard, shut up. We've got to have a demon worshiper come in here, sorcerers and stuff, and we've got to have equal time. That's what they're trying to do in America. They do it on the radio. We've got to have equal time. Mm -mm. We've got freedom of speech and we push back. Mm -mm. They want to have demon worship somewhere, they can go to their own church. They're not doing it here with me. But come and I'll show you, look at this, greater than these. Oh, here comes the sass and your mama and you're drinking and running around with prostitutes. <laughs> that doesn't even count. It don't. Look what he says. He brought me to the temple where I could see an opening in the wall. Now dig in the wall, he said. I dig and uncovered a door to a hidden room. Go in, he said, and see the wickedness going on in there. 
Well, what's going on? So I went in. The walls were covered with pictures of all kinds of snakes, lizards, hideous creatures, beside all the various idols worshipped by the people of Israel. Well, this is a type and shadow. This is No, it's not. He said, look at this. And then he said, 70 elders were standing there along with Jezaniah, son of Shaphan, worshiping the pictures. This was history. Remember, Je- <laughs> uh, who is this? Ezekiel was way over here, 600 miles away, and the Lord showed him what they were doing. Each of them held a censer. They're supposed to be in the temple. They should be worshiping God like John the Baptist's dad was when he saw Zechariah, when he saw that angel said, hey, your prayers are heard. You're going to have a child. They're in here worshiping snakes. There was a thick cloud of smoke above their heads. Oh, brother. Thank God it's not us. Then the Lord said to me, Son of dust, have you seen what the elders are doing in their minds? They say the Lord doesn't see us. He's gone away. Then he added, come, I'll show you greater sins. He brought me to the, look at this. He brought me to the north gate. And I want to say this before we get here. God promised Israel no woman among the nation of Israel would ever be barren. There will none ever have a miscarriage. And here they are worshiping this woman who they're crying, going, oh, we can't have kids. Ah. Why would you do that? But see, today, I'll bring something in today. We, we don't even, we do, praise the Lord. But I'm just telling you, some people, they don't think there's any power in the church. If they do, it's only once a year. Whoa, God, did you see that? Brother so-and-so didn't die from cancer. Man, you need your hay sold. You need gas for your car. You need your bills paid. You need all these miracles taking place in your life right now. We don't have time to wait for... Uh, that's why they got themselves in trouble. They thought, we'll use something else. And Jesus is complaining here, saying, what'd you do that for? So here's what they were doing. He said, come look. These women were weeping for Tamas, their God. Have you seen this? He asked. I'll show you greater evils than these. See the note here? I'll click on that note. Remember, your notes are not the Bible, but it tells you a little bit about them. So... Uh, who the heck was this God? What was it? The women wept for Tamas, the God of fertility, because according to the Mesopotamian myths, he had been killed and fertility had vanished with him. Oh, brother. See, that's like fake news. Well, we got global warming. Your crops are going to... I'm farming now. You know, it's going to be a hot summer. You're going to lose everything, Richard. I'm not losing anything. I know the book. I received... Uh, uh, Jacob... Not Jacob. His dad... Isaac sowed in famine and reaped a hundredfold, praise the Lord. That's what's going to happen to me and happen to you too. He brought me to the inner court of the temple, and there at the door between the porch and the bronze altar were about 25 men standing with their backs to the temple. Look at this, facing the east, worshiping the sun. Oh, brother, golly. And sometimes in America, we just think this is, I mean, hopefully not the Christians, but to, it's all about the heavens. Yeah. When the sun is in the... Oh, whatever. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. All those planets get in a row. Uh, duh, they follow the same path. Why would they not ever be in a row, you know? The stars are in a line. I'll get that job. You'll get that job if you go to the temple of the Lord and ask the Lord for his help. Have you seen this? It's nothing to the people of Judah that they commit these terrible sins, leading the whole nation, look at that, into idolatry, thumbing their noses at me. It's not a matter of having bad attitudes. You ought not have bad attitudes. Whatever. But that's not this. Therefore, I'll, de- look at this, I'll deal with them in fury. 
I'll neither pity nor spare. And though they scream for mercy, I'll not listen. Oh, and he thundered, call to those who had given the city. Tell them to bring their weapons with him. Now, oh, I didn't get, I was going to show you, but these are horses again. I think it's six horses or whatever. And six men appeared at his call, coming to the upper north gate, each one with a sword. And they wore clothes. Okay, anyway, it's, oh my goodness. So anyway, they walked through the, they were, they were cleaning house. Oh, I want to point this out. Follow him through the city, kill everyone whose forehead isn't marked. Isn't marked? What do you mean? Yeah. Praise God. We have the mark of God on our heads. Praise God. All right, let me jump ahead. I want to get to, uh, um, uh, 13. Here we go. All these are in sequential order, right? Mine. So, prophesy against the false prophets who are Israel, who are inventing their own. They're going, oh yeah, the Lord's going to save you. The Lord will save you. He's going to save you and you got a doggone idol in there and your women are worshiping this Talmud thing, you know, and your other leaders are worshiping the sun in, in church. No, no, no. I never told them anything. Oh, Israel, these prophets of yours are useless as foxes for rebuilding your walls. Oh, evil prophets. What have you ever done to strengthen the walls of Israel against your enemies strengthen, by strengthening Israel in the Lord? Instead, you lied and said, my message is from God. God did not send you, yet you expect him to fulfill your prophecies? Can you deny that you have claimed to see visions uh, that you never saw and that you've never said, this is a message from God when I never spoke to you? No, this message is from God when I never spoke to you at all. So he goes on, he's describing this, but I'm going it, it, to, it, it's over with. Oh, I'm going to get down here to, oh, he's saying, it's coming, it's coming, I've had enough, is what he said. And it's because of Israel at this time frame, and if you look at history, they lost the promised land. That's what they did. Oh, uh, let's see, hang on a second. Oh, yeah, he's boys jacking up these women who that were prophesying. He said, they're all lying prophets. Remember, there's a lot of women prophets, and they're right, because their message from the Lord. We don't make this stuff up. It's the Lord tells you. But he said, these women prophets, too, who pretend the Lord's given them his messages. Tell them, the Lord says, woe to these women who are damning the souls of my people, of both young and old alike. Look at this. By tying, it's not, look what they're doing. Tying magic charms on their wrist. Man, we got stuff like this happening in America. They're going, oh, yes, Jesus is still good, but you're going to need one of these little things. Here, a little thing, you need to put this on you. Yeah. And what would really be good if you put a tattoo of a little satanic worship right there. It's good. Furnishing them with magic veils, selling them indulgences. They refuse to even offer help unless they get a profit from it. I mean, I tell you what, we just read in Revelation, come everybody that thirst, come to the water. That's how you sniff out the good and the bad right there. Hey, wait a minute. Is this going to cost me anything? For the sake of a few paltry handfuls of barley and a piece of bread, you will, try, you will turn my people away from me. Yeah, but Lord, you never help anyway. Ah, oh, no. He does help. He takes care of all of this. You've led those to death who should not die and promised life to those who should not live by lying to my people and how they love it. So he says, I'm going to crush you. Uh, because you hunt down pe my people's souls with your magic charms. My goodness. I'll tear off the charms and set my people free like birds in cages. I'll tear off the magic veils and save my people from you. They will no longer be your victims. Look how he's going to protect you. You'll know I'm the Lord. He keeps saying this over. You're going to know I'm the Lord. 
The eyes, your, your lies have discouraged the righteous when I didn't want it. So, and you have encouraged uh, the wickedness by promising life, though they continue in their sins. You will lie no more. Uh, no longer will you talk of seeing visions. Okay. Uh, here's the last one I'm going I'm to cover. I just want to point this out. Watch this. Some of the elders of Israel invited me uh, to ask me for a message from the Lord. And this is the message that came to me. Son of dust, these men worship idols in their heart. Should I let them ask me for anything? He says, you tell them, God says, I will deal personally with anybody, (laughs) man, in Israel who worships idols, then comes to me for help. I'll punish the minds and hearts of those who turn to me to idols. He says, says, warn them, repent, and destroy your idols. Stop worshiping them in your hearts. I, the Lord, will personally punish everyone, whether people of Israel or foreigners living among you, who rejects me for idols, then comes to a prophet to ask me for my help. I'll turn upon him and make him a terrible example, destroying him. Uh, and you'll know I'm the Lord. If any one of the false prophets gives him a message anyway, it's a lie. His prophecy will not come true, and I'll stand against that prophecy and destroy him. So he, he's, he's saying, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you. And rightly so, rightly so, no question about this. Let me speed ahead just for a moment here. Uh, he's saying, look at this, he's saying, here goes, and, and that's why I was telling you what's going to happen in the book of Revelation. Don't take that mark, whatever. And then don't bother the ones who have the mark on their forehead. Look at this. Then the message of the Lord came to me, son of dust. If the people of this land sin against me, then I'll crush them with my fist, break off their food supply, send a famine to destroy both man and beast. He's going to do it. Look at this. Even if, remember this book's called Ezekiel. How do they pick and choose what books belong in the Bible? Perhaps this. Look at this. Uh, Even if Noah... Uh-oh, somebody believes in the book of Genesis. Yeah. Daniel, somebody believes in the book of Daniel, right? And what's the other one? Job. Job technically is supposed to be the oldest manuscript we've ever found. Anyway, look at this. They alone would be toast. Oh, excuse me. They alone would be saved. Praise God. If you were caught in this, and trust me, we're caught in it right now at some level, whatever. Today, we're in America. There's things going down so fast, but guess what? They alone would be saved by their righteousness, and I would destroy the remainder of Israel. Look, he didn't quit there. And if I sent an an invasion of dangerous wild animals into the land to devastate the land, and he was... Even if these three men were there, the Lord God swears that it would do no good. It would not save the people from their doom. But those three only would be saved. Praise God. But the land would be devastated. Or if I bring war, he's going to mention it again. Basically, Noah and Daniel and Job. Even if these three men were in the land, the Lord declares that they alone would be saved. If I pour out, he goes again. He did it four times. If I pour out my fury by sending an epidemic of disease. Boy, it's a good way to look at healing right here. Look at this. Remember, God already promised the Israelites, if you serve me, I'll put none of these diseases on you. Praise God, I'm the God that heals you. So if I send my fury, uh, send an epidemic of disease in the land, and remember why, it's because they're worshiping idols. Anything but Jesus. Anyway, disease into the land and the plague kills man and beast alike. Though Noah, Daniel, and Job were living there, the Lord God says that only they would be saved because of their righteousness. Praise God. Remember, some people think Noah was a pervert because out of the ark he's totally naked, dancing around, whatever, and he's drunk. Where are you in that boat? (laughs) You know, 
It's got nothing. Noah, if you go back and watch what Noah did, he was moved by fear and built the ark. And he preached he loved the Lord. Oh, and the other thing, he cursed his kid. Wow, we got to send Noah to anger management. He cursed poor little, uh, who was it? He had Shem, Japheth, and uh, starts with a C, whatever, whatever. Oh, Shem. Ham, I was thinking ham, that's what it was not to say, ham. Yeah, he cursed ham. <laughs> anyway, though Noah, Daniel, and Job were there, the Lord says they would only be saved. Yeah, he says, the Lord says, four punishments await Jerusalem, destroy all life. War, famine, ferocious beasts, and plagues. Do you notice this? You and I are redeemed from war. We're redeemed from famine, from ferocious beasts. I don't care. I don't care how close you are to a horse that's fixing to kick somebody. It's never going to hit you. You're going to notice that. You'll notice it forever. You'll go, man... I know we always say, if it was a snake, it would have bit me. Nah, it wouldn't have got you. You know, you, you're like, praise God, how did I not get bit? Yeah, same thing with bugs and snakes and, or whatever. Uh, glory to God. If they're survivors and they come here, you're gonna, he said, you're going to find out how wicked they are. You'll know right away. I really wanted to do 16, but I'm not, because 16 actually, just from beginning to end, describes what Jerusalem was up. Notice what he says here. He says, when I found you, Oh, oh, he said, speak to Jerusalem about her loathsome sins. The Lord God says, you're no better than the people of Canaan. Your father and mother must have been an Amorite and your mother a Hittite. When you were born, no one cared for you. I know I said I wasn't going to do it, but watch this. When I saw you, your umbilical cord was uncut. You had neither been washed nor rubbed with salt or clothed. No one had the slightest interest in you. No one pitied or cared for you on that day when you were born. You were dumped out in the field and left to die. Unwanted. Even in the church today, some people are like, well, Richard, we don't, we don't read these things. We don't, want, we don't want people. You need to read the whole Bible. Quit worrying about, Mama, oh, Mama, this, this bothered me. Oh, remember, little girl, this is not for you. This is a story of the beauty of the Lord reaching down and saving someone like us. You were dumped in the field wanting to die. Eh, let's get it. Okay. But I came and saw you there covered you with my own blood, and I said, live, thrive like a plant in the field, and you did. Now, he's talking to Jerusalem here. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you grew up and you became tall, slender, supple, a jewel among thorns, and when you reached the age, oh my gosh, close, close, don't, don't listen to me now. Richard's going to get, uh-oh, just read. When you became the age of maidenhood, your breasts were full formed, and your pubic hair had grown, yet you were naked. Later I passed by and saw you again. You were old enough for marriage, and I wrapped my coat around you to legally declare my, vow, my marriage vow. I signed a contract with you, and you became mine. So here's where it's going to talk about adultery and prostitution and stuff. It's, you know. <clears throat> then when the marriage had taken place, I gave you beautiful clothes, silk linens. I mean, linens and silk embroidery, sandals made from dolphin's hide. Uh, I gave you lovely ornaments, bracelets, beautiful necklaces. I mean, what do we need that Jesus hasn't given us? A ring for your nose. I don't think I want that one. And two or more for your ears. A lovely tiara <laughs> yeah, on your head. And so you were made beautiful with gold and silver. Your clothes were silk and linen, beautifully embroidered. You ate the finest few foods and became more beautiful than ever. You look like a queen, and so you were. Your reputation was among the nations for your beauty. It was perfect because of all the gifts I gave you, says the Lord. That was the Lord's intent the whole time. But though you could get along with, uh, no, but you thought you could get along with that. See, here's where we don't want to go. And just, uh, oh, I forgot. It's Thanksgiving next week. We need to be thankful. Man, I didn't even thought about the Lord. Oh, my gosh. Don't, don't get caught. Anyway. 
You thought you could get along without me. You trusted in your beauty instead. You gave yourself as a prostitute to every man who came along. Your beauty was for his for the asking. Oh, you used the lovely things I gave you for making idol shrines, the decor, no, to decorate your bed of prostitution. Unbelievable. There has never been anything like it before. You took the very jewels, gold and silver ornaments I gave you and made statues of men and worshiped them, which is adultery against me. You used the, uh, now remember, we just saw these four famine and all, all these horrible things. They're just going to happen to Israel. Well, what's God got up his crawl? Oh, he's fit. Let's watch. You used the beautifully embroidered clothes I gave you to cover your idols. You used my oil, incense, to worship them. You took everything I gave you and you're worshiping these stupid idols. You set them as a lovely sacrifice. Imagine it, the fine flour, oil, and honey I gave you. And you took my, here it is, you took my sons and daughters. <gasps> I don't want to read this to kids in Sunday school. I'm not going to do it. Well, you're just as guilty. You took my sons and daughters you had born to me and sacrificed them to your gods. They're gone. Wasn't it enough that you should be a prostitute? Must you also slay my children? That's why Israel got it coming to them. Man. And God says they were worse than all the other nations. We have no idea except for historically what God says. He wasn't being mean. Well, actually he did. He was, he was mean here, but it was... They were asking for it. Just the same thing as the end of the age. And all that group in Revelation that got it. They are so against God. In all these years of adultery and sin, you have not thought of those days long ago when you were naked and covered with blood. No, you don't even remember. You don't remember where you came from. And in addition uh, to all your other wickedness, woe upon, woe, woe upon you, says the Lord. You built a spacious brothel for your lovers and idol altars on every street. You offered your beauty to every man who came by, an endless stream of prostitution. He's talking about idols here. And you added lustful Egypt to your prostitutions by your alliance with her. My anger is great. I mean, he got them out of Egypt, and these stupid kings were going down there and saying, well, give me one of your daughters, and we'll play peace treaty with you all. We don't need Egypt. You committed adultery with the Assyrians too by making them your allies. I mean, what do you need these other nations for? And worshiping their gods. It seems that you can never find enough new gods. After your adultery there, you still weren't satisfied. So you worshiped the gods of the great merchant land of Babylon. Hello, Babylon's fallen. It's the same city back then. What a filthy heart you have, saith the Lord, to do such things as these. You are a brazen prostitute, building your own idol altars, your brothels on every street. You've been worse than a prostitute. So eager for sin that you've not even changed, charged for your love. Yes, you are an adulterous wife who lives with other men instead of her own husband. Prostitutes charge for their services. Men pay them any gifts. But you, no, you just give it to them, bribing them to come to you. <laughs> In other words, you pay them. So you are different from other prostitutes, but you pay, yeah, you pay them for no one wanted you. Oh, prostitute, hear the word of the Lord. Some people say, yeah, I'm going to go down there to downtown, wherever it is. I'm, oh, you prostitute. That's not even for them. The Lord God says, because I see your filthy sins, your adultery with your lovers, your worshiping of idols, and the slaying of your children as sacrifices to your gods. This is what I'm going to do. I'll gather all your allies, and this is what happened. Your lovers that you've loved, that you've sinned with, both those who uh, you loved and those you hated, I'll make you naked before them that they may see you. I'll punish you as a murderess is punished as a woman breaking wedlock 
living with other men. I'll give your, I will give you to your lovers these many nations to destroy and knock down your brothels, idol altars. They'll strip you, take your beautiful jewels, leave you naked and ashamed. They'll burn your homes, punishing you for the, before the eyes of many women. And I'll see to it that you stop your adulteries with other gods, see there, and end your payments to your allies for their love. Then at last my fury against you will die away, which it did. When Jerusalem got wiped out, this, that satisfied the Lord. It did. Remember, 70 years later, they all came back. Oh, and I'll be quiet and not be angry with you anymore. But first, because you have not remembered your youth... But first, uh, no, because you've not remembered your youth, but have angered me by all these evil things you do, I'll repay you for all your sins. Said the Lord, you are thankless in addition to all your other faults. <laughs> like I'm saying, we need to be thankful. Like mother, like daughter. That's what everyone's going to say. Your mother loathed her husband and her children, and you do too. You're exactly like your sisters. They despised their uh, husbands and their children. Now watch what they say here. We're wrapping this up. Watch this. Truly, your mother must have been a Hittite and your father an Amorite. Your older sister's in Samaria living with her daughters north of you. Your younger sister is Sodom. Who's this? We know that. And her, uh, and her daughter in the south. You've not merely sinned as they do. No, that was nothing. Do you see how bad this was? He just said they were worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. No wonder they got torched. That was nothing to you in a very short time. You, you far past Sodom and Gomorrah. Whoa, as I live, saith God, Sodom and her daughters have never been as wicked as you and your daughters. What the heck was Israel up to? Remember, he showed them down in the basement of the temple. They were worshiping all these lizards and stuff. The women were worshiping that other god. They had an idol in there. Then they were all worshiping the sun. Anyway, uh, your sister Sodom's sins were pride, laziness, and too much food. While the poor and needy suffered outside her post. She insolently worshipped many idols as I watched, therefore I crushed her. Even Samaria had not committed half your sins. You've worshipped idols far more than your sister have. They almost seem righteous in compared to you. Don't be surprised by the lighter punishment they get, for your sins are so awful that in comparison to your sisters, they seem innocent. But someday, look at this, look at this. Someday, I'm going to restore the fortunes of Sodom and Samaria again and those of Judah. Your terrible punishments will be a consolation to them. In other words, when they see what happens to you, they're going to go, Woo, we got to let off easy. Yeah, your sisters Sodom and Samaria and all their people will be restored again. And Judah too will prosper in that day. Yeah, they all came back 70 years later. Judah did. In your proud days, you held Sodom in unspeakable contempt. But now your greater wickedness has been exposed to all the world. And you are the one who is scorned by Edom and her neighbors. By all and by all the Philistines. This is part of your punishment for all your sins, saith the Lord. The Lord God says, I'll repay you for your broken promises. You lightly broke your solemn vows to me. Yet I'll keep the pledge I made to you when you were young. I will establish, look at this, an everlasting covenant with you forever, and I'll remember with excuse me, and you will remember with shame the evil you've done. Oh, Oh, and you will overcome by my favor when I take your sister Sodom and Samaria and Sodom and make them your daughters to rule, to uh, for you to rule. You you will know. Excuse me. You will know you don't deserve this gracious act for you did not keep my covenant. In other words, he's saying I'm going to wrap this all back up, and he did. Mercy just came back. But boy, at the time of this, this is what's happening. I'll reaffirm my covenant with you, and you will not know. And you will know I'm the Lord. Despite all you have done, I will be kind to you again, 
and you will cover your mouth in silence and shame when I forgive you for all that you have done, saith the Lord. Now, let me stop right here. But I just want to point out, that's what happened. That's what was going on with Israel after all those 20 kings, and it went down the tube right there. But they came back in 70 years. And that's the story of Ezekiel and Jeremiah right there, and also Isaiah as well. But I just wanted you to see the similarities of what's going on at the end of the age. Anyway, Father, we just thank you, Lord. We appreciate uh, seeing what's going to happen in the future. And we also know what took place in the Old Testament. Praise God for it. Lord, we're not going to have any other gods before you. Praise God. You are our help. And we are thankful. We're just like that woman that, that you said, that, that young girl that was found with an umbilical cord, whatever. You found us. Praise God. You saved us. You're our help. And we're never going to forget it. So, Lord, if we're not feeling good today, oh, help our bodies. Help us. Keep us well. Every pain ache, whatever. Just fix us all over, Lord. And fix us financially too, Lord. Praise God. And fix any other problem we could ever have. We have only you in our hearts. We've decided to follow you and no other gods but you. And that doesn't leave anything left but for us to go tell others about Jesus and what you mean to us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Well, the boatload of stuff there. Lord. Praise the Lord.